Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Sari, and this week we are joined by National Director and America's Math Teacher, Liz Pizer. We are going to talk to her about all things math. Liz is so great. Every time I talk to her, I learn something new. She is constantly pushing herself for cutting edge math research. And I just love the way she shares complicated research and makes it really actionable and practical. Yes. So I cannot wait to hear what's on her mind, what the the newest math research is. And then our question for her um, about how folks can shift their mindset around, quote, not being a math person. So super excited to chat with her. Let's Yay. dive in. Welcome, Liz. We are pumped to talk to you today about all things math. So if you can just start by please introducing yourselves to our listeners, that would be great. Hi, I'm Liz Pizer. I am a national director for Curriculum Associates, and I've been dubbed America's favorite math teacher. And she is. If you've ever had a chance or the pleasure or the privilege to listen, watch Liz talk to educators about math. Um, she's the teacher everyone wish that we had. So Liz, I would love to know what have you been reading and researching this summer? What's, what are you, what's happened in your world of math currently? So it, there's some really exciting stuff happening in the research. And I think things that we've known about and know that we need to do with children, we're really getting some good research around that to support to support those strategies. For example, I think we've all heard um, to stop counting on our fingers at a certain age, but actually we really need to encourage finger use because that's how we originally kept track of things before we had uh, written symbols for mathematics. So there's a lot of connection between the brain doing math and our hands. So we really need to encourage students to use their hands, use their fingers. It's okay if they're using their fingers. Now, you know, we probably don't want them counting to 50 on their fingers, but then we have to say, all right, well, can we use our, our fingers in another way? Can we use it with another unit? So can we count by tens, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and have them use their fingers that way? So um, just really encouraging the use of um, of hands, using the hands for mathematics is just one really simple way to help students with math. When we do math, five areas of the brain light up and two of them are associated with with visuals. And so encouraging the use of visuals, having manipulatives, having students draw pictures, giving students visuals, using color coding, anything where we can connect the mathematics using visual models will help strengthen uh, students' achievement in mathematics. Those are both so cool, Liz. And before you tell us more, I'm just curious, if I'm a teacher and I'm loving this stuff and this sounds really fascinating to me, where can I find more? Like, where do you, do, are you subscribing to certain newsletters or how can I stay up to date on this cool math, uh, the new, the new, the new math research. How do you find yourself? <laughs> a lot of the things I find are through the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics, NCTM. So mm -hmm. I would encourage folks to explore. So I really like uh, looking at um, Joe Bowler's research. She's really been at the forefront of of some um, 
great work, especially using the the brain and tapping into the brain. I will add, I do love the work that Joel Bowler has done with Carol Dweck around mindset. So it's really, if you're interested listeners in research about brain science and growth mindset and neuroplasticity, there's a lot of really good cross sections of um, research out there. Uh, one of my uh, favorite go-tos is David Sousa, um, How the Brain Learns Mathematics. And then a book that my husband actually came upon is Building Thinking Classrooms in Mathematics by Peter, I think you pronounce his name, Lil Jadal. You know, it's so important to know how our brain learns. And unfortunately, I think educators are just so, it's just that there's a lot happening in their world, right? And I'm grateful that I have the chance through my role too, just like your role is that we are able to do some of the research to share some of the best practices. Um, so educators can have access to it, but there's a lot of research around why math is animated and visual and the counting on your fingers and why we have to shame kids for counting on fingers when that's the way we learn. Actually, let's just take some shame out of math. Let's just take it right out, take it right out. So with this, Liz, where, how can we, how can teachers kind of think about how to apply this research as they're thinking about planning for their week of instruction, planning for their day of instruction? What are some ways to, to kind of blend the visual and the tactile parts of math? That is a great question. Great. And I love that idea of taking the shame out of math. And I think the first step is to give students that time and space to show how they're thinking about things mathematically and tapping into what I like to call multi-sensory learning. So uh, when you're doing um, a lesson, think about what are the hands-on manipulatives I can use with this lesson and how how might I introduce those manip manipulatives if it's something that kids haven't, haven't used before. So thinking about an activity, even before you start the lesson, how they can get familiar with those manipulatives. And then I think any time that you can, a very easy way to do it is to think about a, a drawing. Can the kids draw something? Do they have space? Can they have, can they use a whiteboard? Can they draw what they're thinking? Draw out um, using quick draws, especially for base 10 blocks. I can do a quick draw, which is just a line for a 10 and a dot for a one. Um, and then talking. So after they do a drawing or they do a model with their manipulative, can they turn and talk to their partner or somebody in the classroom and explain their model? So anytime we include a visual, um, hands-on manipulative, then have the kids explain it to somebody else because then we're automatically doing multi-sensory learning because we're having them use uh, their talking and listening. So we're tapping into more neural pathways in the brain. Thank you so much, Liz. Super, super helpful. And I think just thinking about like middle school teachers, for example, sometimes like students are not set up for success to do these types of things, just given like the way their worksheet is designed. Do they actually have the physical space on their paper to draw or show their work, right? And just and just norming that that's okay and that's part of the process and and modeling that as a teacher um, will be super helpful. So thank you for all of these great strategies and tips. Uh, we will link a bunch of books and other resources that Liz mentioned in the show notes. So Liz, before we go, we have a new segment where folks can write in and ask a question. So we have a question specifically 
well, we picked this one for you because it's about math, but um, are you ready for our Ask an Extraordinary Educator question? <laughs> awesome. Fire away. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hi, Danielle and Sari and guests. Thanks for providing best practices and joy for my Wednesday morning commute. You are welcome. I teach elementary school and I absolutely love teaching math. The aha moment is my why. Here is why I am writing to you, though. I love the few minutes I spend in a teacher workroom chatting with my colleagues every day. Whether we're getting coffee or talking about our weekends or what lesson plan we're teaching, it's my moment to connect with my peers and learn from them. However, written in all caps, when we talk about math content, my favorite, I always hear, ugh, I'm not a math person or some version of that from my colleagues. This drives me nuts. First of all, that mindset bothers me because I want to model a growth mindset for my students. But besides that, I want to know, how can I help change this narrative? How can I respond when someone says that to me without sounding rude? I want to shift their thinking for our school culture and for our students so they don't believe they are not math people. Thank you from a frustrated math lover. So Liz, what do you think? (laughs) I love that question. I get that question a lot. And I have a great answer because I did this with my mother. My mother is probably the most mathematical person that I know. She's like very (laughs) spatial. She can organize everything. She does all this math in her head, complicated stuff. But she's the first to say, I'm not a math person. (laughs) And so I'll tell her. So I asked her once, mom, what is three times 14? And you can't use a piece of paper. And she immediately said, like, she didn't even like hesitate. She's like 42. And I said, well, how did you do it? And she said, well, I didn't do it the right way. And I said, what do you mean you didn't do it the right way? She's like, I didn't line it up three times 14. And like, Carrie, she's like, I did three times 10 and three times four. And I said, mom, that's exactly like that is the right. Any way you do it is the right way. So there is no right way. You're totally mathematically thinking by breaking it up. You did really sophisticated math. Uh, So Everybody is a math thinker. We are born, we are hardwired to do math. Every single person is hardwired to do math. We're not hardwired for reading, but we we are born with the ability to, to know quantities. That has been proven with brain research. So everybody's a mathematical thinker. We're just, we think about math differently. So every single person is, is a mathematician. Um, sometimes we just think we don't do it the I'm using air quotes here the right way. Um, so I would I would suggest ask your colleague, what is three times 14? You can't use paper, just do it in your brain. And then and then you'll be able to say, oh my gosh, look at that. You just did math in your brain. You are totally a mathematician. Sorry, that was long-winded. First off, don't apologize. We have to stop. We have to get the shame out of math. We have to stop apologizing as women. And I love that. And actually, if you want to know what that's called, it's called a math talk. So you are math talking with your colleagues around how they are have uh, some some room to grow beliefs around math. Liz, you are a treasure. Liz Pizer, America's math teacher, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So where can people find more? Sari, what's what's the stitch there? (laughs) Thanks again, Liz. You can leave us a review and follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at MyIReady. And if you have feedback, a topic of interest, want to be a guest, or have a question to write in, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. 
The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan. Social media by At City Hannon. Guest booking by Sari Liberis. Music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIready and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. 